You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. Alrighty, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Derek, and I am joined, as always, by your co-hosts, Kevin and Alex. Guys, how are we doing tonight? We are doing good. Week one's in the books. Um, overall, I thought the weekend went very well. There were a lot of entertaining games. Um couple snoozers but we we know that that was going to happen and uh overall uh fantasy success so um it was a good weekend i had a good weekend i'm retiring from fantasy football i think i lost in every single league that i am in this last week uh it was not a good weekend for me kevin it was not a good weekend um, we had, I, I had some, uh, some high expectations of some folks, uh, Aaron Rodgers looking at you, uh, and really just anybody on green Bay's offense looking at you, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick looking at you, um, you won, <laughs> you won in our funsies league. Oh, did I? Yeah. You beat me. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay. So I didn't lose in all of them, but, uh, the ones that I genuinely care about that I've got a chance to win some cash and trophies in um, did not go well. Um, so I'm choosing to look at the bright side. And that is that I am um, on some of those. I'm a little bit higher in the waiver wire order. Uh, so that's where I'm at because we need some waiver wire help uh, going into this second week. Uh, but it was, it was a, um, a fun weekend guys. I don't know if you watched it, but I'm going to throw it out there for everybody. If you do not have a dog in the fight on Monday night, Watch the Manning cast. That was the most entertained I've been watching a Monday night football game in a very, very long time. Uh, even when my team is included in the, in the game itself. It was so fun to listen to those guys and how they break down, you know, plays and how they watch the game and view the game. They had guests that came on guys. We got to hear from Travis Kelsey a day after the chiefs came back and beat the Colts or excuse me, the chiefs came back and beat the, um, the Browns and we got to hear from Russell Wilson a day after the Seahawks beat the Colts. And we got to hear how those guys watch football on their off days uh, in the days leading up to the next game. It was so entertaining. I highly, highly recommend. Um, I had no idea what was going on really at any point during the game, but I've never been more entertained watching a Monday night football game than I was uh, Monday night watching watching the Peyton and Eli chop it up with the, with the guests. Yeah, no, it was absolutely amazing to watch that one. And um, you know, my fantasy football uh, experience uh, kind of kind of wavered in between uh, what both of you guys said. I was I I won some leagues and was very triumphant and looked really good in some of my leagues and other leagues not so much. Uh, I've got a couple a couple of dynasty squads that I'm in the middle of a uh, massive rebuild um, year with, so this is going to be a, a struggle in some of those ones. But uh, it's all worth the lessons learned, I guess. Guys, we do have a great episode for you. Uh, it's jam packed. We're going to go through a lot of uh, week one on some of the recap type of things. We've got the pine and shine results for you. We're also going to hit up our clutch. Not so much that segment is back. Uh, we've got waiver wire for you. We've got some uh, some more pine and shines for the coming week, and we've got some prop bets looking at uh, for for some Thrive Fantasy there. So it should be a lot, a lot of fun, guays. What were some of your takeaways? The re- um, some of your takeaway surprises from Week One of the NFL. 
I guess as far as a takeaway goes, if you spent higher draft capital on a top five or six tight end, for the most part, it paid off, right? Kelsey, Waller, um, TJ Hawkinson all hit. Uh, Just wait till I get to my not so much. Noah Fant hit. Uh, Mark Andrews was a bit of a miss. Uh, Kyle Pitts in his first NFL game was a bit of a miss, uh, but that entire Falcons team was. They just decided not to show up. Um, But I think the biggest surprise of the weekend, honestly, was the performance that the Green Bay Packers put up in week one. Um, Alex kind of alluded to it in, in what burned him over the weekend. The leagues I lost was because I was heavy Aaron Jones, heavy Aaron Jones. He was my second round go-to running back because he has, you know, he's finished in the top seven each of the last few seasons and Rogers was back and holy cow in leagues where I got burned. Um, it was, it was because I fell short at the running back position. So uh, overall it was a fun weekend guys. Like not every game went like we thought it would, but it was entertaining. You know, the, the uh, Vikings and Bengals game was entertaining. You, you thought the Vikings should probably have won that game, but entertaining nonetheless, the Monday night game, I recorded it. And so I didn't get a chance to watch the Peyton and Eli version. I watched just the, the regular telecast. That was a good Monday night football game to start the season. Guys like the teams, the Ravens and Raiders, both were extremely competitive. They were out there the way that the Raiders came back and then the back and forth in the fourth quarter. And then the overall shenanigans at the end of the game and throughout overtime, like, holy crap, that was an entertaining Monday night football game. And, and quite possibly the best Monday night football game that has been played in the last couple seasons, because a lot of those games have kind of been snoozers. Yeah. You're not kidding. Um, you know, one of my big takeaways that I had was, you know, don't panic when it comes to fantasy football, right? Like we went through a lot of that. There, there was a lot of folks that didn't necessarily show up in the way that you thought they would. Um, and you're going to see a lot of, and we've already seen a lot of that happen on Sunday, carrying into Monday and carrying into today, where you've got a lot of folks that are very concerned about their team's makeup and their team construction, um, on first and second and even third round picks on uh, in a lot of cases there. And what I'll tell you is don't panic. Do not panic. It's one week. Um, these guys will have off weeks throughout there. Most of these guys that uh, that had some slower weeks or off weeks still looked really good from an NFL perspective, and some of them didn't. But, uh, you know, you had some really big big performances and some really big misses. You have some big misses that come to mind are, are Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. These guys should bounce back. Um, and they should be ba- should bounce back sooner than later. So yeah, if you're sitting on some of these guys in some of these offenses, don't panic. It's still week one. Now go out and make some moves to protect yourself a little bit. Uh, should you need some depth or need to pivot there? But yeah, if you drafted some of these guys in, in the early rounds there, um, they'll have an off week from time to time. And sometimes it happens in week one. So cool. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, hit up the old pine and the shine from last week and give some results there. So we got the pine, the shine, Alex, you're up. What you got? 
First off, I like the graphic. That's well done. Um, okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm starting off the season on a very, very horrible note. Uh, I said to uh, Pine, Robert Woods, or excuse me, not Robert Woods, uh, Mike Williams uh, for the Chargers. And uh, I, fellas, I, I missed on that one. Uh, he had himself a heck of a game. Um, 80 plus yards, uh, found the end zone. Uh, I, I didn't see that one coming. Um, that Washington defense I thought was going to be a little bit more clamped down. Um, that game really changed, I think, um, because of uh, my not so much coming up that I will reveal. Um, but I think that that game took a little bit different turn than what we might have been expecting. Uh, so, you know, he, he did good. Um, Mike Williams, he, he, he did good. So uh, 0 for 1, I'd say, on the, uh, on the pine. Uh, on the shine, uh, kind of a mixed re- result there from from uh, from Robert Woods. Um, he didn't see a ton of volume. Uh, he, he only got you know three catches on four targets. It was twenty seven yards, um, but he did find the end zone. So uh, he, he got you points that way. But again, the, the volume just wasn't there. It seemed like Stafford was targeting other guys. Cooper Cup seemed to be a little bit more uh, involved in that passing game, um, and then just. It just wasn't Robert Woods's day uh, when it came to uh, to volume, at least. But he did find the end zone, so I'll, I'll take a half point there um, because I did get the touchdown, but uh, it wasn't that great of a performance. Kevin, how about you? How'd you how'd you fare on the pine and the shine? I freaking rocked it, guys! I absolutely smashed mine out of the park. So last week I told you. Uh, Zeke's on the pine list, right? He's playing the Tampa Bay defense, and that played out. He played very, very well in that game. Statistically, for fantasy purposes, it didn't show up in the stat sheet. But let me tell you, he had the best pass protection game of his career, keeping Dak Prescott upright and allowing him to drive the ball down the field and keep the Cowboys in that game. So it wasn't that Zeke uh, played poorly. It was just not suited for fantasy purposes so 11 carries 33 yards two receptions six yards um his usage was there guys he was on the field 80 percent of the time so his snap share is there things are going to come for zeke elliott like do not freak out about this guys it's one week we knew this week was going to happen there are not going to be running backs maybe Christian McCaffrey because he does so much out of the passing game, but that might be the one exception that really um, can put up a solid performance against this Tampa Bay run defense. Yes. No, I will say it's just, you don't expect who is going to expect that the Cowboys would come out with a, you know, fresh off your list, Dak Prescott, and then ask him to throw the ball 58 times. (laughs) I, I don't know that we, we anticipated that at all. No, but it was a great game plan. Derek and I were talking about that Fantastic Friday on the show. Plan. Awesome it was game Tampa plan. Was giving them. I mean, they were they were playing to what Tampa was giving them. So I I, I totally understand it. But yeah. you just don't expect it. No. And then for my shine, I told y'all to start Corey Davis, put him in, in your flex spot, and and sit back and watch. And sure enough, he delivered. Um five of seven for 97 yards and two tutties. You can't ask for much more out of your flex position. Corey Davis really rose to the occasion. You could see the connection with him and Zach Wilson. As long as that offensive line can hold up and with Mekhi Becton going down, it's going to be even harder now. 
But if that offensive line can give Zach Wilson a little bit of time, Corey Davis is going to be a target monster through the course of the season for this Jets team. So I, I do expect him to see him uh, on this list throughout the season on and off. It's not going to be an every week deal, but his name will be on, on the shine list here a couple different times throughout the season. I can guarantee it. So last year I, I was pretty much 500 every single week. It's a new season and we're starting a new trend, baby two and oh, I hit on both of them. Right. I like it. I, um, I again had a had a middling experience compared to the two of you where I went uh, 500 on this one. So I ended up missing on my pine. I told you to uh, pine DeAndre Swift coming off the injury, playing a tough uh, San Francisco defense of what we thought was going to be a tough San Francisco defense. Uh, turns out that the Lions had some fight in them and could claw back from a big deficit to make that a game towards the end. And while DeAndre Swift didn't necessarily get it done on the ground, right? Only 11 carries for 39 yards. Like that's not a... Uh, a performance to write home about uh, as a running back where he got it done was in the passing game where he caught eight receptions on 11 targets. Absolutely. Just that's a ton of targets for a running back 65 reception or 65 yards and one touchdown on that. Uh, He ended up having himself a pretty darn good day. And I'll say that uh, I'll just own the miss on that one and say that I, uh, I whiffed on, uh, on the pine, but the shine. I don't think you're the only one, though. Like, I think coming into that game and the groin issue that he had leading up to the season, if if people would have been pounding the table saying DeAndre Swift is going to have over 100 total yards and a touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers defense, I think we're all waving the BS flag, right? Like, we're not, we're just not buying into that. So, Yes, it was a miss, but quite frankly, I think a lot of people miss this one, Derek. I know I sat him in two or three different leagues because I did not expect anything near this performance. Right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you were wrong on that one, by the way. It didn't help me win anything, but I'm glad you were wrong on that. Well, I, I'm glad I could help you out by being wrong. So um, I, I I played him in a couple of leagues, but the only reason I played him is because my other option to put in there is my running back two or my flex were – even worse looking like they just, these are some of those dynasty rebuild teams that I'm working on. And uh, so it was a, it was very interesting uh, playing him and, and seeing him put up that kind of performance. My shine, I will say I absolutely nailed that one. Uh, I took Antonio Brown, who ended up uh, getting five receptions on seven targets for 121 yards, one touchdown, even carried the ball once for six yards. Uh, so, you know, you can't ask for anything more than a guy that you would have drafted in the ninth or 10th round to be able to come out and throw him in like a flex type of play, uh, wide receiver two type of thing. And away you go. Uh, so if you'd listen there, you are very happy with the performance there. And Kevin, I, I do want to shout out your uh, Corey Davis pick because I ended up playing him in a couple of DF, uh, DFS lineups and was very happy on that one. So uh, just make sure the pine of the shine is that good this week again. So I can do that again. So love it. <laughs> we'll, we'll do what we can here right all right i love it guys let's go ahead we're gonna head on over into the clutch and not so much before we uh do that though we went to sports me uh earlier today and asked some of the sports me crowd you know who their pine and who their shine was and asked them to to give us some some options there if you guys haven't done so check out the ad 
or check out the app, you know, download it. It's on the Google play store, the Apple app store and download it. You can go to getsportsme.com and download it. Give your take, join the conversation. You can interact with us over there. Uh, you can give your take and, and show up on a sports me spicy take here. One of these times as well. Let's go ahead and see what sports me had to say on the clutch and not so much. Hey, Derek, uh, a clutch player for me when Mostert was out. Um, I plugged in Corey Davis into a flex spot, and he came up clutch for me. Um, not so much Mark Andrews. Um, he just, you know, crapped the bed on me last night. Um, but you know what? I'm super optimistic about him going forward. Um, I, I think he's going to have a great season. Just, you know, a bad week one. It's week one. What are you going to do? Have a good one, buddy. We're talking about clutch performances from week one. I just got two letters for you, C, D, and this is in the form of two players, obviously my boy, Sidarian Lamb, uh, but also Corey Davis. Uh, both came through in a big way for my teams, and, you know, Lamb is expected to. He goes as a number one, but uh, Corey Davis is probably a lot of uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, maybe even some flex on some rosters, and whew, getting that kind of production out of him is Yo, Derek, what's going on? It's your boy, Run Boys, Robbie. Shout out to the good old boys fantasy football podcast. And I had a Burrow and Jamar Chase stack. And actually, I lucked out on that one because Chase wasn't even supposed to be in that lineup. I forgot that he was in there, but I'm also in 39 leagues. So fuck it. Um, then also the homie Rob Gronkowski um, left Gronky Kong in the lineup. And Gronky Kong went Donkey Kong. For real, for real. It was lit. So some interesting takes over there. Always a lot of fun. Make sure that you guys are downloading the app and interacting with us. Uh, it's always a blast. Uh, we do have a uh, uh, comment coming in here, question coming in. And the question is, should I trade J-Rob or hold out a little bit? Urban Myers got, scares him. We got to wait on this one. We need to wait till we answer this one because that's coming up a little bit later in the show. <laughs> Did I miss something in the show notes? No. Alex has got something uh got something cooking, I I would uh I would guess. Um but we're yeah, we're let's let's go ahead and if we're if we're talking on trading him, right? It's more than just a uh you know a weekly type of thing. This is more of a season long type of thing there. So real quick, just yes, no, and we'll we'll leave it at a yes no on this. Should you trade J Rob? And uh, sounds like Alex has got some more pointers for you later in the show um, as to what he, what he'll expand on that one, but just real quick. Yes. No. Should he trade J Rob? No. If you can find a believer and get the value that you want from him, go ahead. Mm -hmm. He's not your RB one, right? He's an RB two. Maybe he's your, third rb depending on when you got him in in drafts and you know not that these guys are like everyday occurrences but we saw how bad this jacksonville team is guys like they're going to be throwing the ball so freaking much and clearly they're going to let trevor lawrence take his lumps and and kind of figure it out but i I kind of agree. Urban Meyer scares the shit out of me after that first game. Like I did not like what I saw out of that. So if I get a value or if I get a trade offer, that's fair value. Yeah. I'm probably going to pull the trigger and wash my hands of something and be in a situation where it's a little bit more predictable and consistent. So a little further context, the R- RBs are Najee, J Rob and Gaskin. So 
I mean, you look at that, you could easily roll J Rob as your flex because Gaskin is going to get a lot of run there in Miami. Uh, we saw Najee get a hundred percent of the workload over there in Pittsburgh. And so I think you've got a solid RB one just from a volume base. Gaskin's going to get some, uh, some work there. Uh, Philip Lindsay sitting on the bench. So, um, I think we've seen that Mark Ingram has fully solidified that backfield as he being the first, second down uh, back, uh, David Johnson being the third down guy, and Philip Lindsay coming in as a spell back when needed type of thing. So I'm not necessarily leaning on Philip Lindsay. Um, that changes yeah, would, my opinion. I'd keep him at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you, if you can go to the waiver wire and you can pick up, you know, if no one, for whatever reason, if someone somehow your league didn't pick up, um, Elijah Mitchell, well, Elijah Mitchell should be out there. He wasn't drafted in too many leagues after yeah. this week. He's going to be in all leagues. Right. So if you have waiver wire position, you can grab an Elijah Mitchell. Um, if people, uh, Tyson Williams, like if for whatever reason your waivers were locked, obviously grab him and then yeah, trade him. But with only having, those three real backs, I probably keep them at that point and throw a wide receiver in my flex spot until I can see what Urban Meyer is actually going to do. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, I think you also said it there perfectly too. If you can get like an RB2 value for J Rob, yeah, you can move on, you know, cut, move on, um, trade them away, do that kind of stuff. But I don't know that you're going to get that after the week one. So uh, that's kind of where it sounds like we sit is it's a, it's a hold unless you can get some great value for him and, I would put that great value at a very solid RB2, um, which I think that's going to be hard to do given that. Uh, shooter shoot pod. Uh, Kenny, who we've had on the show before, chiming in. Trey Sermon. Oof. Yeah, yeah, that one went, that one happened early on Sunday. Don't give up on that. Okay. The reason, and this is what I'm telling myself that Trey Sermon was the odd man out is because Trey Sermon doesn't play special teams, guys. They carried three running backs into that game. You had Mostert, who was going to be your lead back. Yes, he's made of glass. Yes, he's out for the season. We have we saw it all today. But Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty both play special teams. So Trey Sermon does not. You're not going to carry four running backs into a normal week unless all of them are three of the four besides your lead guy are playing special teams. Now that Mostert is out of the way, I do expect Trey Sermon and uh, Elijah Mitchell to find whatever balance this is. Mitchell in the short term might be the guy who ends up with more of those carries, but towards the middle end of the season, Trey Sermon's talent is going to show guys. He will get the run by the midpoint in the season. Right. That's a unique draft strategy there. That's a dra- that's a draft strategy <laughs> that 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 shooter shoot is has employed. I mean, it's it's kind of just a zero RB is is what that is. If you can get through, if you can limp through the first half of the season, you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams will take the Denver job by the end of the year. Melvin Gordon to start the season though is still is still going to dominate a lot of those touches. Henderson Henderson. <laughs> it's called a hangover. <laughs> uh, Henderson didn't look bad against the Bears, right? Like Matt Stafford stole the show, but Henderson didn't look bad. He was respectable, oh, and and like I said with Trey, they'll get in. They they will get in. The talent is undeniable. So don't give up on them. 
You need to dance around it for a couple of weeks for sure, but don't drop them. Don't get pissed and trade them for, you know, nothing when they are at their low point right now. And people are kind of hanging their head, like just sit tight. Yeah. Uh, PJ Kennedy, 2121 chiming in. Henderson looked better than he thought he would. I, I'd say he probably was about what I expected um, coming into that. I, I thought you saw about about what he uh, about what I would would have looked for there, uh, but he did look he did look fairly fairly good in that uh, that offense. It I was mean, the we, other running back that surprised the crap out of me. Monty yeah. looked great. Like I did not expect David Montgomery to be able to rip off a couple of those runs that he did against that Rams defense, and. Part of it was they were playing back, right? They were playing a shell defense. They knew that they could get some good pressure with four. So they were playing back and forcing Andy Dalton into checkdowns and some things he didn't like, but they capitalized on it. David Montgomery was far and away the best player on the Bears offense in week one. I would agree with you, Kevin. We also got this one coming in. Hey, guys, I need some help with a trade. I have Gordon and Gaskin, and I think I should upgrade at the biggest position. What do you guys think? I saw Jacobs was on somebody's bench. Is he worth a trade for? If you're deep at wide receiver and you can give up a wide receiver two or a wide receiver two and a tight end, like where, where, part of it's where they need to upgrade. I wouldn't give up either one of either one of those guys f- straight up for Jacobs. Like he's going to split carries. He's already having some turf toe related issues. So if you're going to get Jacobs, I hope you have Kenyon Drake too, because I think Jacobs is going to end up missing some time here. So that way his foot can get healthy. Um, but if, if you need it, go get it. Like hopefully you're deep at wide receiver. And that's, that's where I would try and lean. Uh, looks like, uh, PJ Kennedy is also chiming in saying yeah. no, uh, yeah. echoing your sentiments there. Uh, PJ also chiming in too. Sony was MIA. Are they easing him in or is he just a backup? I would easing him. I think in. they're easing yeah. him in. Yeah. He yeah. will be more predominant as the season goes on. Look, if, yep. if the Rams were in the position that the Ravens were when it came to just a lack of, you know, people who didn't have experience playing, I mean, that's why we saw Latavius Murray on Monday night. I mean, I, I honestly think that Latavius Murray, you know, met Lamar Jackson, you know, officially as teammates probably on the in plane. the locker room. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, that I think was was – uh, just a, a desperate situation that the Ravens were in. I think with 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 Sony in LA, I think they're going to take their time with that and make sure um, that they get him in and 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 get him acclimated with the offense because I, Sean McVay does not run a simple offense. That's that's not a simple scheme that you have to pick up, um, and you're already dealing with Sean McVay, who is you know Rain Man when it comes to uh, to offenses. And then you're dealing with Matthew Stafford, who is essentially Sean McVay with a helmet on still. Like that is what you're dealing with. So it's going to take some time to get acclimated to that offense. So I think that it's um, it's just something that, you, you know, you're going to have to play the long game on that one, uh, um, you know, with, with Sony Michelle. He will be useful mm-hmm. in this season. Like Sony Michelle will not be an afterthought like he was in New England. Completely agree with what Alex just said. You just – we need some patience. It's just week one. Yep. I would agree. So we've got a couple of more questions coming in here. I love these. Keep them coming, guys. guys. This is, this is like way this. better than going off of Derek's show notes. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> All righty. So do you guys think trading Miles Sanders and T Higgins for AJ Brown and Daryl Henderson? Good value. I think it's fair value. AJ yeah. Brown's the best player in that trade. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pull the trigger on a trade, you're getting the best player. Um, so that's always a good sign. Miles Sanders. Kenneth Miles Gainwell Sanders. is going to be a problem for Miles Sanders. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he is going to eat Gainwell in, right? Is going like, to be a problem for Miles Sanders. Yeah, owners. Sanders is going to be in an RBBC. So you'll see some games where Sanders breaks a long one off, he'll fall into the end zone, whatever. But I don't expect him yeah, to any have game more I than him 18 is touches. No, any, right? any game I, put, I call Miles Sanders a pine, yeah, put him in your DFS lineup and just lock him because <laughs> yeah, uh, that means he's going to go that. off. He'll break a 75-yard run for a touchdown that week. Um, Fair value. And and A.J. Brown's the best player. So as as long as I'm reading this right and you're getting A.J. Brown and Daryl Henderson, um, I like the Rams' offense more than I like the Eagles' offense. And A.J. Brown, as crappy as the Titans were in week one against the Cardinals, um, A.J. Brown's the best player in that trade. So uh, I have no problem pulling the trigger on that. Yeah. Yeah, I would take the A.J. Brown, Daryl Henderson side for sure. Um, Yeah, let's go ahead and look at another one coming in. I traded James Robinson, D.J. Moore, and Tyler Higby for Darren Waller. Uh, Who won that trade? (laughs) Kevin has some thoughts on Darren Waller. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. I have the curse of Darren Waller in our home league. Every time I go up against him, I just get freaking smoked. Um, I think short term, it's clear that I think short term, as long as you have the depth, the the Waller side wins. As long as you have mm-hmm. the depth to absorb, you know, obviously your tight ends covered because of Waller. And if you have the depth to absorb James, you know, a flex running back and James Robinson and a wide receiver two and DJ Moore. Yeah, 19 targets, 10 of 19. A freaking tight end had 19 targets. And the Ravens did a good job covering him, and he yeah, still had 10 catches, really 105 in the touchdown. So mm-hmm. Waller Waller is a piece that after week one, like if there's a guy that I watched, if you are hurting at tight end, Waller's a guy that you need to try and put a package together and go get. Yep. I tried to go get him uh, before week one in our home league just so I knew that if I ever came up against Kevin in the playoffs, I was good. But yeah. uh <laughs> uh, again man yeah last I mean, three times i faced him he's he's averaged like 115 yards and two touchdowns yep. I, I just get smoked by darren waller every time yeah. yep he's just gone off uh yeah you definitely gave up uh, a lot to go get him but uh it, yeah he is he is the guy that Derek carr looks to right like in the packers offense the guy that aaron Rodgers looks to is Devonte adams well you copy and paste that same formula over to the uh to the raiders and that's that's who Derek Carr is going to throw the ball to. He will force feed Darren Waller every chance he gets. Did we see the emergence of a second go-to in yes. Brian Edwards? Yes. But I had but had you read my sleeper rankings uh before the season started, you knew that I was very high on Brian Edwards as a sleeper. So yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna just get on that bandwagon and say yes. <laughs> Alrighty, some more questions coming in. Is Ty Williams a must sell now? I think I'd want to hang on to him a little bit more, right? Like when you look at it, I think that, and I'm a, I'm assuming that that's Tyson Williams. Um, 
when I look at that and when I watched that game last night, it looked very much like Tyson Williams is going to be the uh, the passing down back. And he's also going to get run on first and second down. And he's got some electric pop to him where he's got the ability to break a big one off. So uh, I acquired him in the home league for a lot of fab before the uh, that first game. And I'm glad I did. So I'm holding him and seeing what becomes of that one. Yeah, I think it is so unfair to call a guy who's still healthy a must sell after week one because I mean you have a very limited sample size of of what they're going to be and and how they're going to utilize him I mean you get you get one game to see what they're doing and with with what the Ravens backfield is I mean it's just who knows what that backfield is going to look like I mean they went through five ACLs in one week who knows what it's going to look like as we get to week two you know like so I to call anybody a must sell after week one, I think would be a little too hasty. And that would go back to Derek's point when we started the podcast is don't freak out after week one um, and, and hold on for a second. I know it's always tough to find the right time to make a move, but hold on for a second and, and, and just, just, just let some things play out a little bit and maybe get a better feel for how they're going to utilize him. Right. Um, and, and uh PJ Kennedy, you are correct. He did miss a huge pass pro in that last play of the game. Lamar fumbled it. Um, but if you Lamar look did at a it, pretty good job of fumbling like on his own. By the but way. <laughs> at the same time, like you look at it, uh, it wasn't like Tyson Williams just completely missed the missed the block. That was a very big man running over a guy not near as big as him either. Uh, could he have done some more to, to to chop him a little bit and 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 get in his way a little bit more? Sure, but uh, it wasn't like he completely missed it. He just got run over. And that's a that's a teachable moment. It's his right. first career start. He's in his second Undraft- season. I, I coming he was an off undrafted rookie. Yeah, but it's second career season because gotcha. he gets credit for the year one. Um, but he's coming off his own um knee surgery. Like, there's a whole lot of things there. But this coaching staff really likes this kid, and and uh, missing an assignment that's a teachable moment. And quite frankly, running backs can go from riding the high to being on the IR faster than any other position in the NFL. It seems like so the more depth you can acquire, right. the better off your season's going to be. They make for some challenging decisions on certain weeks when, when you're looking to start that third running back, if that's what you're wanting to do. But quite frankly, I'd rather have that decision than having to run out Rojo and hope that he doesn't get benched for, you know, fumbling the ball again or, you know, something crazy like that, picking the wrong Texans running back, you know, Mm -hmm. those types of situations. I'd rather have the embarrassment of riches than go from there. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Way faster. He's way faster than Murray. Well, I, I looking at that game last night, I don't know that we're not going to see this thing play out very similar to how the Ravens plan to utilize their running back room to begin with, where you had JK Dobbins that was going to be the pop guy and the electric playmaker, pass maker, you know, uh, pass catching type of running back there. And you were going to have Gus Edwards be that between the tackles straight up and just power through some folks. Uh, granted, you know, Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray are, are kind of you know less than J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but um, I think that they're still planning on utilizing that offense and running it very similarly to the game plan they had came in. And watching that last night, I think they've got the pieces to to be able to do that. Um, we got a couple of more coming in here. Uh, looks like uh, P.J. Uh, 
Yeah, PJ's saying that uh, Kelsey Waller and Hawkinson is how he's got the tight ends ranked and uh, that you should sell Edwards. He didn't do anything till the end of the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, that uh, that could be. But when uh, when it was going down to the wire, you, know, you look at who the uh, who the quarterback's putting his faith in. And um, yeah, even we'd seen it all game long. He was more than willing to force feed uh, Darren Waller all game. And then when it mattered, he was, he was finding the open uh, Brian Edwards and, and hitting him, hitting him in stride. And the kid was making plays. One more comment coming in here. Um, yep. I would say that, uh, that they've got a bunch of depth pieces there um, and they probably need them with, uh, with what they've seen as far as the last couple of weeks there guys, let's go ahead and head on over into the clutch and the not so much for ourselves. We heard what sports me had to say. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of our own clutch and not so much. So guys who came up clutch for your fantasy team and who was not so much. So clutch for me is a pair of tight ends. Um, one in a, in a work league that really helped me on Monday night. And then one in the home league, but TJ Hawkinson um, is going to continue to be a target monster in Detroit. Um, and got the touchdown. You could tell that Jared Goff is very comfortable throwing to TJ Hawkinson, and he should be because he's quite frankly the only guy who actually won, runs routes for a living that can get open at the moment for that Detroit team. So um, Hawkinson was awesome, and then Darren Waller again in, in the work league. 19 targets for a tight end is dang near unheard of, and we watched it unfold Monday night. As soon as their rhythm gets a little bit better, now that they're getting into that game speed, that real-time game speed, um, Darren Waller's just, uh, he's going to have a monster season. So both those guys were big-time clutch for me out of the tight end position. You want my not so much? Sorry, you want my not so much? Let's do all the clutches, and then we'll do the not so muches. All right, Alex, what's your clutch? Uh, my My clutch was also a tight end. Uh, it was Rob Gronkowski, uh, who had eight catches on eight targets for 90 yards and found the end zone twice. Um, I know that, you know, tight end is a position when you're not named Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, that you're you're dependent on touchdowns because you're not going to see the football a ton. Um, but to get eight catches on eight targets, pretty dang efficient. To get 90 yards on those eight catches, really dang efficient for a tight end. And to find the end zone twice on those two catches, super efficient. So uh, Gronkowski putting up a big number there uh, to start the season. That was a pretty clutch performance. I have him in a league uh, with some high school buddies. Um, And again, while I did not win in that league, it at least made my showing respectable. (laughs) So I also had uh, uh, Gronk on uh, in the Scotty fishbowl in a league there. The problem was, is that he was uh, right in the bench and I Ah. didn't get to, uh, um, uh, you know, realize that amazing performance in the Scotty fishbowl. So I was a little sad there and, uh, yep. Uh, PJ, I would agree with you. Good old Gronk. Uh, my clutch in, I went all off the home league as far as uh, my clutch and not so much where I pulled these from was one Mr. Dak Prescott who went 42 completions on 58 attempts, 403 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, had four carries for 13 yards. And 
for those of us, uh, for those of you just kind of tuning in, um, you may not have heard of how we do some of the scoring in our home league, but that performance there from Dak put up 86.45 points for it and was good for the second most points scored by a player uh, in that league. So uh, it's always a lot of fun to play in that one and uh, get lots and lots of points for lots of really good things there. Guys, let's go ahead and change gears. And we may have missed a gear because it was not so much on the clutch. What, uh, who was your not so much? Oh, Aaron Jones, man. He just killed me. I had a lot. I had a lot of Zeke. Again, I understood what I was getting into in week one with Zeke. I could swallow that. Like that wasn't a surprise. The Packers offense was anemic. Like it was absolutely terrible. Um, a lot of Aaron Jones, and unfortunately, he was a not so much not only in the home league, but in multiple other leagues um, across my fantasy platform here this weekend. But uh, never fear, the tides are changing, so we'll be all right. Yeah, uh, in that same league that I was telling you about, that Gronk Gronk got me twenty five points. This is a standard uh, scoring league. Um, I had the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones kind of quasi stack, if you will. I know you don't really do that with quarterback running back, but uh, those two guys got uh, 8.4 points combined. <laughs> Rogers turning in a 2.72 and uh, Jones scoring 5.7 for me. So yeah, I, I empathize with the Aaron Jones um, hurting. Uh, like I said, I didn't win in that. And those two guys were two reasons one and one a why uh that league wasn't so good my not so much uh does come from the home league um and that is um through really no fault of his own because i didn't stand a chance against david anyways um putting up 542 points on me the dude hung half a grand on me that was not fun to see week one um it was uh it was ryan fitzpatrick and i know that he got hurt but he got hurt early he got hurt after only going three of six for 13 yards. And he also had the, a run and in a super flex league where I have three quarterbacks and one of them's a rookie that I'm kind of hoping will become something, but not this year. Um, that's left me in scramble mode. And I don't know if that's the case for a lot of people, but uh, that has put me in scramble mode to the point where I'm going to have to give up if I don't get, um, you know, his, his backup, because this is a 12 team super flex league where quarterbacks, uh, go into the super flex spot. Uh, and most of the starting quarterbacks, actually all of the starting quarterbacks are spoken for at the moment. And a lot of the backups are spoken for too. Um, it's going to cost me if I want to be respectable in this league that really derailed, um, my season. You know, I say that you can't win, you can't win the championship in week one, um, but you sure can, you sure can, uh, lose it. And that's, I've put me behind the eight ball, the Ryan Fitzpatrick injury, um, because I wasn't quite ready to, uh, to put Trey Lance in my starting lineup and I'm not going to, but I'm going to be just bleeding points every week out of a spot. That's not a quarterback in that super flex. So, um, the Ryan Fitzpatrick injury hurt a lot. And that was my, my not so much performer because, not only did it hurt this week, it's going to hurt for, for a lot of weeks. Yeah. Um, and PJ was asking the question, do you think uh, his career is over? Um, yeah, this is one of those. I wouldn't put it past him to come back, but 
man, he's on a one-year deal. This is just what 35th NFL franchise that he's played for. I mean, it, it the writing is on the wall when it comes to Ryan Fitzpatrick's NFL career and a good career it's been. You know, there's a lot of guys that would kill for the career that Ryan Fitzpatrick has had. Um, but the writing's on the wall, in my opinion, and I, I, I don't know that it's over, but as they say, you know, the fat, the fat lady is warming up her voice. Not sure she's singing just yet, but she's going through the warm ups backstage. There you go. Um, yeah, I, uh, my not so much was a guy that I, uh, I really wish that I had drafted the other tight end that I was looking at when I uh, took this one. And that, uh, uh, Kevin ended up taking him a little bit later. And that was, uh, he ended up getting TJ Hawkinson because I took Mark Andrews who had a three receptions on five targets game, only 20 yards. And, um, definitely was not what I was uh, anticipating when I, uh, when I drafted a top five tight end, uh, type of thing, but I'm sure that that will change and rebound and we'll see some different things here going forward. Guys, any other thoughts on the clutch and not so much. All righty. We did have one other question come in that I missed a little bit ago, but let's talk to about this now. Uh, I traded Montgomery for Justin Jefferson. My backs are Aaron Jones, Saquon Montgomery and Damian Harris. And I really like that backfield. I really like that running back room that you've assembled there. Um, any yeah. thoughts on this one? Cash, if you're still in the, in the room, how many running backs do you get a start uh, each week? If, if you can get back to us on that, um, let me know. Cause other, I think you're going to have some, some decisions to make on some weeks, but I think you got, you got pretty good value there. Cause boy, the Vikings and Kirk cousins and that that's just, ugh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there with, with them this year. Although I, the good, the good news is, is that, uh, the Vikings defense is not near as good as I th- uh, near as improved as I thought it was. So uh, you might see Adam Thielen and Jeff and Justin Jefferson be even better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, so cash chiming back in, it's two and then a flex. So we can start a total of three of those running backs and those running backs again were. I, I If you feel like I mean, you can survive the first half of the season when Saquon's getting through some of the rust, then you'll, you're going to be just fine. So yeah, yeah, Jefferson over Montgomery man to man. So it's just a matter of, do you feel comfortable trotting Saquon out there? I think this Thursday night game of his is going to be a freaking dud. I don't expect anything to come from Saquon this week. Um, that being said, the schedule does open up a little bit for him after the fact. So um, uh, Jefferson's definitely the best player in that deal. Right. I, I would agree there. I do. Yeah. I'm always a running back heavy fan. Um, JP is asking, what do your wide receivers look like? Uh, Cash, what, uh, what does the wide receivers look like uh, after getting rid of Jefferson there? And while we wait for that, yeah, while we wait for that and that to come in, let's go ahead and we're going to we got some waivers to talk about and we're going to talk the waiver wire here. So guys, the way that we're going to rock and roll this one is we've got the waivers up and on our website, um, broken down by uh, position on who to try and target, things like that. And the first one we're going to start with is the quarterbacks. How I've got this so far is Jameis, Teddy, Sam Darnold, Tyrod, Tua, 
Big Ben, Mac Jones, and Tyler Henneke. Now, for everybody out there listening, it was only players that are rostered in, uh, have a less than 50% roster out there. So, guys, quarterback-wise, uh, what do you like? What do you don't like? What are you changing? Okay, I, I do want to, like, we need to put Jameis's week in perspective, right? He was able to go up and he threw five touchdown passes, which was fantastic. That He got five touchdown passes out of that. Um, but he only threw the ball. He was 14 of 20. Yeah, you know, he had 148 yards. So, so you're not getting yards bonuses. Um, you do get the long touchdown bonus. I mean, it, it, before his 55 yard um, touchdown pass there in the fourth quarter, he had less than 100 yards passing, but he had four touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen every week. Um, and I don't think that they're going to play. I mean, they're going to play some some better defenses than what when, what Green Bay trotted out there on on uh, Sunday. So I would say like, yes, Jameis is obviously uh, if you're in need of a quarterback, that's probably your safest bet at this point because he's in Sean Payton's offense and he has the weapons around him in Alvin Kamara um, and in his wide receivers. He, he linked up really well against them. But I mean, let's let's put into perspective if he only has, you know, one touchdown pass uh, or two touchdown passes. 14 of 20 for 148 with two touchdown passes, guys, That, that that's not going to blow the doors off of your, your week in and week out. So so all I just say is, you know, while Jameis had a really great week, like keep in mind what he, that game actually was. And it was out of hand. And the Packers, I mean, the Packers just gave up. Um, I, they pulled Aaron Rodgers with 10 minutes to go in the game. So I, they just they just gave up in that one. Uh, they, they were like, you know what? We're getting out of Jacksonville. We're getting out of here. So, so just be be mindful about Jameis Winston. But I, I'd say that, you know, he's probably the best one. The, the, the one at the bottom of the list is the guy that I'm targeting, mainly because uh, he's the only one available in a lot of the leagues that I'm in. Um, and uh, because he's the backup of the guy that got hurt in in the first week. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, it's designed for a single flat, a single QB league type of thing. And really these, why these ones would be more of a, you know, streaming type of streaming, the position type of thing. So, you know, with putting that in that context, which, which one of these quarterbacks are you wanting to start in week two um, streaming the position? And I think I lean Jameis going up against the, the Carolina Panthers there. I also like Bridgewater against Jacksonville. Interestingly enough, I actually like, Arnold going up against the Saints. So there you go. The Saints defense that just made Aaron Rodgers look silly. The Aaron Rodgers made himself look silly. Let's <laughs> all right. Kevin, how you got this? I think Jameis is one. I think for me, Tyrod's probably two because I like the rushing upside. And when he's given time, Tyrod does throw the ball really, really well down the field. Um Teddy Bridgewater is a I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably a better NFL quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback. So I'd slide him down. So for me, it's Jameis Tyrod, then, then Sam Darnold. Um, and, and like you said, they're all, they're all streaming options or, you know, they're already picked up in super flex leagues. But um, I, if you're Jameis, just for a second, if you're Jameis, what a confidence booster that game was though. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he goes from the 30, 30 season where, People are telling him, you know, congratulations, and then turning around and clowning on him all in the same sentence to taking essentially a red shirt year to sit and learn from Sean Payton and study and work with Drew Brees to the quarterback battle. And then 
really solidifies getting that start, right? Like they, they let him, they let him throw it when they needed to. Now the Packers rush, rush defense again, seems like it's going to be pretty Swiss cheese. So they were able to run the ball a ton, but all things considered when Jameis needed to make a couple plays in the red zone, he made them and he did it all without turning the ball over. So it has to be a huge confidence booster for him. I had Jameis um, ranked a little bit higher than you guys did in our preseasons, our preseason rankings anyway. So um, he'd definitely be the guy that I would take first on that list. Very cool. All righty. Let's go ahead and you know what, while we're. Hold on. I want to defend my, my Sam Darnold pick here really quick. Okay. Uh, not to be, not to sound like a Packers apologist because I'm not in any sense of the, of uh, the word, but uh that was that was a lot of the those guys on offense. That was their first game playing together this year. None of those guys played in the preseason. They played zero snaps in the preseason together. So that was their first game action um, playing this year. There are going to be some things that need to be ironed out. So as good as you think that the Saints defense looked, and they did look good, the Packers offense shot themselves in the foot a number of times because their timing was off. They just they had no no rhythm. They couldn't find a rhythm. Um, and, and, and the saints for, for everything that they did, they held onto the football. I mean, the, the Packers never had the football in the first half of that game. And then by the, by the time that halftime rolled around, that game was, was already spoken for. I watched that game pretty extensively. It was the one game I could watch, uh, while I was streaming at home. So <laughs> I couldn't watch the Broncos game. Uh, so I watched the, the saints and the Packers. <laughs> gotcha. All right, we also had uh, Cash uh, getting back to us on the wideouts for that trade and that team. Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Corey Davis, Jerry Judy, who's now on the IR, and Julio Jones. And uh, Are you in a league with nobody? Like, <laughs> well, my goodness. Like, okay, yeah. so knowing that, what I would do is yep. if you could get away with Damian Harris and like a Julio Jones to get Justin Jefferson, that's what I would try and do and package that up and keep Monty. Now, if they're not going to take it and you're stuck to that one-to-one, you do kind of have that uh, embarrassment of riches at wide receiver, but Justin Jefferson is going to be your clear alpha at that point. But what I would try and do first is package Damian Harris and Julio Jones and see if you can get Jefferson for that. Just, you never know what people are going to accept. And then play off of that. But nobody ever accepts the first offer. It's the number one rule of sales, right? You never accept the first offer. Um, so it's a 10 team. Oh, hey, we there appreciate you go. that. Hey, I appreciate that. So yeah, try try Damian Harris and Julio first. See what they say. And but then I, you can go back to yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the Monty. You've I got a great op. Yep, go ahead, Alex. Don't give up on Monty because that, if and when um, – uh, his name Justin Fields. Thank you. If and when Justin, I had Justin Jefferson. I didn't want to say that name, but if and when uh, Justin Fields takes over, RPO is going to be what the Chicago uh, offense is going to do. Like RPO is going to be their offense, and Montgomery can run that pretty dang well. And they're going to run the football a lot more. And because of Justin Fields' ability to run the football, it's going to open some things up for David Montgomery. Right. Oh, and David Montgomery just looks looks really good too in yeah, that first. Game. I wouldn't so, be so quick to get rid of Monty for Justin Jefferson. Right. I would. Uh, yeah. I, I like Kevin's advice there, where you try and take a Damian Harris, and I'm I'm big on Damian Harris, bigger than I uh, are higher on him than I think either one of you two gents are. Um, 
but I would probably look at trying to package him and, and a Julio, uh, maybe a Corey Davis, just the way that that, that other one went. I, but I would look at trying to go and, and take one of those two guys and see if you can upgrade into a wide receiver, see if you can get into kind of that tier one type of wide receiver that, uh, that we talk about there, you know, you may get a guy that has like a, uh, you know, Devonte Adams or a uh, DeAndre Hopkins um, or even a Tyree kill. Some, one of those guys that has one of the top wide receivers there that is hurting at running back there. And you could potentially make a deal um, something like that, where you can get him a two for one and, and get him some depth back. Um, yeah. You could pull off a trade like that. I've done that in a couple of leagues right after week one, week two, where you see some of these injuries go down and you see some of these guys needing, um, needing some pieces and some depth and, and you can trade up, um, and do a two for one type of deal that way. So I would, uh, I'd, I'd go on a little shopping trip there and see what that looks like. Alrighty guys. So let's go ahead and head back to, uh, waiver wire here and running backs here. Um, Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell, um, Tony Jones, Mark Ingram, Kenneth Gainwell, Tevin Coleman, Carlos Hyde thoughts here. Um, Elijah Mitchell, until we see differently out of the San Francisco 49ers is the lead back in that system. Um, so he's a guy that he's the guy that you want to go out and get right. A, a depth piece, right? Um, so you can never have too much depth at running back. So he's definitely a guy that everybody should be going after. Um, if you're in a priority waiver wire system, I hope you're in the top you know, two or three and the people in front of you aren't paying attention. Um, so that way they can land to you. If you're in a fab budget, um, league, I, I think somewhere, I mean, depending on what your fab budget is somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% of your fab budget might be what it takes to get him. There are going to be some people who way overpay for him. Um, so it all matters. It all depends on how bad you want it essentially. And then you just have to go and get it. Uh, as an Alvin Kamara owner, I want Tony Jones as my handcuff. It seems to be a very good handcuff. They're going to use him. So that's a good thing. Mark Ingram had a ton of run with Houston in week one. So it looks like he's kind of the lead back down in, in Houston and Kenneth Gainwell, like Alex said, is going to eat into the, um, and now I'm blanking on his name, Miles Sanders. He's going to, he's going to be eating into Miles Sanders. Uh, So I like the way that these are ranked. I I could, I could argue sliding Melvin Gordon up just because he's the lead back. And if you need points now, he's going to be a more direct line to fantasy production than Tony Jones is. But overall, um, this is the line to go. I Carlos Hyde, this goes back to the very beginning of the show, guys. Like I don't, trust urban meyer yet so i don't know that carlos hyde is a guy that i'm willing to hitch my wagon to uh this season right all righty let's go ahead and we'll hit up the tight ends here real quick short list gerald everett cole commit juan uh johnson dalton schultz david njoku thoughts here um (laughs) cole commit's an interesting one if you pick him up now um I, I'm a long believer, a big believer of uh, tight ends. They're safety blankets for young quarterbacks. Um, so Cole Komet might be a, a uh, pickup now and stash. Um, he did have a pretty decent game on on Sunday, but 
I think his value goes up a little bit more when the switch happens to, to Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I like how these are ranked. I could argue Dalton Schultz, he did look like the best tight end on the Cowboys Thursday night, but mm-hmm. they were also splitting a lot of time. So it very well could be uh, game dependent. But at the moment, it, you shouldn't need to carry two tight ends, right? You should always be able to stream a tight end. Gerald Everett's a guy that honestly, he's in my he's in my top 12 now. Like after seeing what he did with Seattle and how they're going to use him. So Everett's a guy that, you know, if you had Irv Smith Jr. problems, right? If you drafted early and you were thinking that you need to stream tight ends, Gerald Everett's a guy that you could pick up and and play pretty much every week and and has a safe floor there with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I like it. Dalton Schultz scares me just a little bit just because of the amount of pass catchers that are there in Dallas. Now, the injury to Michael Gallup, might you know open up a few targets but i still i mean it's it's a little bit scary i I know that the cowboys aren't going to throw the ball 58 times every game that 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 is just an unbelievable pace that they cannot keep up mike Um, mccarthy just said hold my beer yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fair um throw the ball 58 times and go what eight and nine is that no way. Equal 17. No um, way. That sounds pretty Mike McCarthy to me. Losing the first round. Um, that's uh, so he, that's a little bit like, you know, with Schultz, you need to pay attention to kind of, you know, matchups uh, with them. Um, just because, again, I, I think, you know, they're not going to throw it 58 times. They're going to get Zeke involved in the in the pass game. They're going to get Zeke involved, obviously, in the run game and, and run the football a little bit more. But as these rankings go, yeah, I mean, Everett's the clear. Keep your eye on him, or, or go out and get the claim if that's what you need to do, and then uh, and then come at. I think bright future ahead of him, but I think his value skyrockets once Justin Fields um, becomes the, the full time guy. Gotcha. All righty, we got some wide receivers here to talk about, and the. Uh... The list goes Devontae Parker, Jalen Rager, Sterling Shepard, Nelson Angelor, Tim Patrick, Rondell Moore, Terrence Marshall Jr., Brian Edwards, Christian Kirk, Zach Pascal, Sammy Watkins, Gabriel Davis rounding out the top 12. What are your thoughts here, guys? Um, This is the list that I'd probably shuffle the most. I think Sterling Shepard, while healthy, needs to be number one on that list. Um, he had a he was really the Giants player that had a good game against the Broncos this past week. Um, Tim Patrick's extremely interesting now that Jerry Judy's down with injury. Um, and Brian Edwards, like we talked about earlier, like I'd rather be a week too early than a week too late. Um, and and the one the one who seems to really click is Christian Kirk, guys. Like mm-hmm. we've wanted him to hit the last two seasons, and he hasn't quite seemed to get it, but at least through week one, he was the clear. He is the clear number two. It's not AJ Green. AJ Green is going to get banged up and do something, you know, to nag an injury here or there. So I think Christian Kirk is going to be the clear number two in Arizona. And I do think that they're going to continue to throw the ball quite a bit. Um, in Kyler, we trust. Um, so I would shake this list up a little bit. Um, Devontae Parker is going to come down. Will Fuller's coming back from suspension. Uh, Jalen Rager, I want to see a little bit more out of that. Devonta Smith looked good. Um, both tight ends had a little bit of a run in them. So I, 
I'm not completely sold on Jalen Rager needing a spot on my fantasy roster just yet. Um, so a little bit of shuffling around. I like yeah. it. Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, the, the Tim Patrick, he obviously becomes a lot more intriguing with, with the Judy injury. Um, and honestly, you know, with, after the, you know, the last two years, when I was going through and looking at waiver wire claims and, you know, trying to, trying to see where I might want to spend some fab this week, um, to see Christian Kirk available in a lot of leagues was, was honestly like one of those guys that like, Oh, Oh yeah, he, he is available because he, he hurt so many people the last two years that, uh, nobody wanted to touch him. And now, you know, maybe, maybe something clicked, uh, between him and Kyler in the off season. So, uh, he is a very intriguing prospect as well. All righty, guys. So that's going to wrap up the waiver wires there. And you can find the waiver wires and our rankings and uh, the rankings of the good old boys produce every single week over on our website, thegoodoldboysff.com. Uh, one bit of news that, uh, or one, one announcement that uh, we didn't make last week was that um, I'd, uh, I've made the expert consensus ranking um, you know, or as an expert, expert consensus ranker over on fantasy pro. So that's kind of cool. And those rankings that we're submitting there are also going to be posted on our website there. So you guys can see that and check that out. That'll be posted every single week. Uh, we also got cash, uh, chiming back in here saying that he appreciates it and think that, uh, I think that's better. Try and use some more of my bench depth to snag Justin Jefferson. And if I can't just wait and see how a little bit more of the season plays out, uh, cash, I like that strategy and I think you're going to do really well with it guys. Thursday night, right around the corner and the New York giants are going to Washington to play the football team. The line on this one is Washington football team minus three. The over under is 41. What are your thoughts here? Um, I think it's good, man. Washington, it's a home game, right? These divisional mm-hmm. games, yeah. it's a home game on a Thursday night, short week. Uh, Saquon's still not going to be at full strength. Um, Heineke, I think Heineke can get that done, right? Like, he's just got to you lean on Gibson, you lean on Terry McLaurin, and you lean on your defense, right? Like, uh, and Logan Thomas, too. So, it's not that Washington's without options. I think that defense is too much, though. So I'm going to take Washington. Derek, um, by three. Yeah, I think Washington covers the three. Over-under is 41. Mm. Yeah, I'll take the under. I think there's just too much change between these two teams. And on a short week, not enough time to make adjustments for them here early in the season. So I'll take the under. Okay, uh, for the record, I, I would stay away from this with a thousand foot pole <laughs> if I were putting actual money on it, uh, because of the the very reasons that Kevin just outlined and the 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 thought, you know, the thinking aloud that he just did, which was uh, there was a lot of the uh, yeah yeah when there's that much of those noises being made, it's best to just move on and look at something else. But for this purpose, um, I. Uh, give me Washington to cover, but uh, in situations like this, I always pull for the over. So I'll take the over points. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Washington football team as well. I, I think that they'll cover, but uh, if I'm actually betting this game, I'm 
I'm just going money line with Washington football team and doing a parlay on the under on it. Again, after watching that, uh, that Giants offense, I don't know that they're going to be able to put up enough points um, to do that. Again, they're going up against another good defense. Um, Washington football team. I It'd be different, too, if this was a backup that hadn't had game experience and hadn't had meaningful game experience. But Tyler Henneke started the playoffs for him last year. Uh, yeah, this isn't almost <laughs> right. This isn't a new system for him. This isn't even a new cast of characters, really, for him. Um, yeah, it's one of those coming off a preseason where he got a ton of run, you know, right. It's not like he's been playing the scout team for for 10 weeks. Right. So I like the Washington football team on this one. I like the under uh, again. I don't know that. I don't know that the Giants are going to be able to, to to really move the ball and put up more than maybe about, you know, between 18 and. I don't know that they're going to be able to reach 14 to 18 points, right? Like I don't know that they're going to get to that point. I think the Washington football team probably puts up about 20. So that's, you know, if I'm calling my shot, I, I see this thing probably 18, 14, 2014 type of thing. Um, so I see the under on this one for sure. All right, guys, let's go ahead. And any, any big, um, you know, anybody here that you'd be a little leery of maybe starting or anybody that's a full steam ahead on uh, starting them out of this matchup for fantasy? I mean, Saquon, right? We got to figure out what's going on there. That's that's a tough, tough question. That, that That's 1A for everybody, right? If you've got Saquon. I'll, I'll answer that for you in the next segment, Alex. Okay, so that that to me is is uh, the one that, that we you're going to have to look at. Um, and then... I mean, if you're in the same boat that I am with the quarterback situation, you're going to have to bite the bullet. Pray to God that you get Heineke, Heineke, whatever his freaking name is, off the off the waiver wire, and uh, and you can plug him in and start him. But um, I actually, you know, Derek, just coming off of, if you're in an IDP league, um, a, a Chase Young would be a, a nice <laughs> nice player in this one because Daniel Jones has a propensity to uh, hang on to the football a little too long. Um, so... Sacks of plenty, I think. Start Antonio Gibson. Also a good good pick. Like just I see him having a big game in here. That wide receiver room for New York. Um, again, I'm not necessarily trusting a lot of those guys to put him in my starting lineup. Um, I'll talk about Saquon in the next segment here, so I won't ruin my uh that's a tease, as Alex always calls it. Kevin, any thoughts on uh on any players on this one that you want to start, sit, or just flat out move on. Uh, I like the Gibson call. I think I think Logan Thomas is a pretty safe start here, right? Like I, I don't know that the way this game will trend that's going to lead to a big week out of him. But you know, if you if you drafted Logan Thomas, you you know picked him as a top eight tight end most likely. So he's a guy that you're going to have to play. Um, Saquon. I, I don't like Saquon this week, so he's a guy that I'm going to fade at all at, at all costs. Very cool. All right, guys, we're going to head on over to the next segment, but before we do that, we've got another question coming in, and this one coming from Damian Sanchez on the YouTube. What are some receivers I can get for Eli Mitchell, um, or should I hold him with my RBs being Elliott, Gaskins, and Hunt? And at this point, I... I'd actually probably hold him. I think. What are you guys' thoughts here? I'd hold him. 
Yeah, we just got done talking on. He's he's the guy. Gaskin's uh, got to show he can stay healthy too, right? He's right, had a yeah. history of injuries, so it, I I'd hold on to him at the moment. If he can put this run together for another couple weeks, then maybe you try and flip him, thinking that Sermon will take over eventually. But I think you hold on to him for now. Well, that too, his his value isn't isn't that high either. Like like I remember having taken James Robinson before the season started last year, and it was tough to get fair value of him being an RB one, and he had solidified it at that point for five six weeks. It was still hard to get a return on him. So I don't know that you're going to get much back for uh for Elijah uh, Mitchell, and I would just hold him. I think that the the play that you make here is to to move Gaskin. You know, I think if that's if you're desperate to move somebody to get some receiver help, I think Gaskin's the guy that you're you look at moving because you'll probably get a little bit above what he's actually worth uh, right now, and and that I think is where you get the most bang for your buck. If you're just trying to get one, you could probably get two because he's a wider or a, a running back one right now, and and the guy in Miami. But I mean, for how long, you know? So I think yeah. that's that's the guy that you maybe look at at trying to get. Um, you could probably get two pretty solid receivers um, for for Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I'm looking just to plain hold all of those and see how this thing plays out over at least this week and probably in through week three. Uh, another question coming in as well. I got a question: Mike Williams or Devonta Smith rest of season full PPR? What are your thoughts here? Is that is that, that rest that's rest of season. Or just yeah, rest, ROS uh, is rest of season. You kids with your lingo. Don't worry, it didn't stump us like it did uh, with uh, with Jag last year, where it was just a guy. <laughs> I man, that's a tough one to call, right? It's going to be so matchup dependent. Yeah, I trust Herbert throwing the ball more than I trust Jalen Hurts. Correct, but Devonta Smith he's pretty much the clear alpha on that Philadelphia team. So you figure he's only going to improve as he gets used to how these NFL teams are going to cover him a little bit. Um, Here's, here's, here's the one thing I will say. We know what, what Herbert has when it comes to the Eagles. That was Nick Sirianni's first game, you know, calling plays and it couldn't have gone better. Uh, I kind of want to see what Nick Sirianni's offense looks like after he gets punched in the face, you know, after they get the, after they get the, the, the kick in the mouth, you know, what is that offense going to be? Are they going to abandon some things? Are they going to rely on other things? Will his play calling, you know, turn into uh, something different? Now I know he's got experience as a play caller kind of because he was Frank Reich's offensive coordinator and Frank Reich was the, was the play caller primary play caller there in Indy. So uh, what's going to happen with that offense is, is, is that's a major question for me. You know, if we're looking at, you know, the, the, the holistic view of this, you know, what are the Eagles, what is that offense going to look like when they get, you know, when they actually face a real challenge and, and, you know, chips are stacked against them and things aren't going their way early on um, how, how dedicated to the game plan will they be? Yeah. 
I'm going to take Devonta Smith in this one. I like Mike Williams. I, he showed a lot of pop. He showed a lot of what we had hoped to see from Mike Williams over the course of his career. Uh, but again, this is another guy that um, you know plays so hard that he uh, has a tendency to be, he- be health resistant. There, um, I'm going to take Devonta Smith because again, I think he'll be the uh, the number one wide receiver when it's all said and done. Uh, he was thinking Williams because he was targeted a ton last game and won't have the alpha corner back on him every week. Uh, that is true, but he's also got to contend with uh, him not being necessarily the alpha wide receiver on that team, that being Keenan Allen. He's he's clearly the third, maybe fourth target on that team too. Like, right. There's not. There's going to be a couple shot plays every week where he's the designed go to, but in in most passing schemes he's going to be the third or fourth option um right. being keenan allen one uh, austin eckler in most cases honestly is two and then it's a toss between mike williams and jared cook right yeah i would agree with that as well guys let's hit up the old pine and the shine for week two who you got pining who you got shining Kevin, <laughs> oh, is it me? I was ah, listed it, last. I was listed on. last. Sorry, I was still looking at some of these. The, 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 the tease for a head. I was looking at these props. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'll start with the pine. We'll go through all of our pines, and then we'll go through our shine. So uh, my pine this week is James Robinson. Um, that, that I first off, they're playing Denver's defense, uh, and that is a problem in itself. Um, we'll see if Denver gets. Um, uh, Chubb back. Uh, we'll see, you know, uh, how they look, but they look pretty good uh, against a depleted Giants team. Let's let's be honest. Um, but th- that defense looked pretty good. So um, I think I think James Robinson. I just don't, I don't know that Urban knows how to use him. I think what Kevin said earlier in the show, they're going to let Trevor Lawrence try to sort some things out, uh, and they're going to let him sort things out with his right arm. Um, I think eventually James Robinson will be uh, um, beneficial to this team because I think eventually Urban Meyer, you know, will see, hey, we've got to run the football in order to be successful uh, and take maybe a little bit of pressure off our number one overall pick. Um, But I just don't know that that's going to happen this week. So uh, I've got James Robinson uh, on the pine this week. I think there there are better options out there for your running back to that's probably where you have him. flex spot i think there's better options this week than james robinson agreed i think you're right uh saquon barkley's my pine and has everything to do with the matchup right he's going up against another tough uh defense there with the washington football team uh where saquon is really going to get you a lot of points for fantasy is going to be because he's a receiving back as well and has the chops to to make uh, uh catches and plays out in the open and you know we didn't really see him utilized in that uh against Denver that way and I think that's one of those that he's going to have to kind of get worked back in and and that New York offense is still trying to figure things out there a little bit so I am going to say pine the Saquon Kevin who you got uh my pine's going to be Michael Pittman uh we just saw what Jalen Ramsey did against Allen Robinson um Michael Pittman is it, still developing as an NFL receiver 
And Jalen Ramsey, while probably not solely covering Pittman, is going to be on him more than not, I believe. So I'm not expecting any sort of real fantasy production out of Michael Pittman for week two. All righty, on to the shines. Alex, who you got? Uh, I've gone with a different Robinson for my shine. Robinson. Um, even with Andy Dalton having a, um, not as good of a game as I think a lot of people, specifically Bears fans, would have hoped, um, he still was looking Allen Robinson's way a fair amount. Uh, they missed on a few things, but uh, Allen Robinson, I still think, is is Andy Dalton's first look. So as long as Andy Dalton is still the quarterback – which I anticipate he will be this week, uh, then Allen Robinson should should be in your lineup. Um, wide receiver two territory. Um, if he's wide receiver one, then then maybe it's a different question. Like he's obviously going to have to play. But um, if you're kind of in between two guys, I, I'd go with Allen Robinson. Yep. Um, SS Austin chiming in here. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I know you have to play your studs, but I want to pine Ridley. I just don't see Ryan having any time at all. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Ridley was like the one bright spot that the Falcons had in that game. <laughs> do not, do not pine Ridley. He was the one bright spot that the Falcons offense had. So yeah, my shine is going to be DK Metcalf, um, playing at, uh, at home against Tennessee. And we saw Kyler just carve up that Tennessee secondary. They're young. They're not They're They're that defense is not very good. And yeah, you know, we saw what a, what a dominant wide receiver can do and what a good, um, good wide receiver core can do against that defense last week. When we saw the Cardinals do it, I see DK absolutely eating this week and going big time. Kevin, who's your shine? Uh, my shine is the guy who screwed me most in week one. Um, Aaron Jones, if you're the Detroit Lions right now and you just watch the Green Bay Packers put that performance up and you're watching film studying, how are you not just putting your hands, just your head in your hands going, son of a bitch, why us? Because there is no doubt the Packers are going to put on a show on Sunday and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the or one of the beneficiaries of that. I expect him to have um, well over 100 total yards, at least one touchdown. I could see him getting two. Um, and, and the Packers are going to at least quiet all the critics for a week um, playing lowly Detroit. And and I expect Aaron Rodgers to be, or excuse me, Aaron Jones to be uh, at the center of said shutting up of critics also Aaron Rodgers I think that and Aaron Rodgers yes I would absolutely uh, Aaron Rodgers would be on a shine list too if I could go on and on yes yeah <laughs> all righty guys very cool well that's going to bring us down towards the last segment here before we call it a night and that's going to be talking about some props and player props so thrive fantasy we're very excited to to be able to say that we've got a a uh, pretty cool little thing going with them. And if you're looking for a new way to play DFS, download the Thrive Fantasy app today. You can do that on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. New users will get a 100% deposit match instantly up to $100 when using the promo code GOBFF. Again, that's GOBFF. You'll get a 100% uh, match deposit up to $100. 
They have various over-unders on player props for more sports than just football. That's what we're going to talk about here is the NFL. But uh, they even have some free rolls and a bunch of different sports out there. So go check it out. Make sure you use that promo code. Get your uh, instant match there. That code again is G-O-B-F-F for the Thrive Fantasy app. Guys, so all the props that we're bringing to you this one here, we're going to pick a prop here. But uh, we're going to pick a prop from the Thrive Fantasy deal. Alex, why don't you go ahead and lead us off and walk us through your prop here. All right. So uh, these are all uh, player versus uh, the props this week. They are um, player versus player um, and the the props that we've gone with. So um, the one that I targeted was uh, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. And the prop was completions and Mac Jones is plus 0.5 of a completion uh, over Zach Wilson. Um, I think old Bill's got something for Zach Wilson this week. I think it's going to be tough sledding for him. So uh, I think that Mac Jones will find his way into at least one more completion than Zach Wilson this week. Very good. Um, I took – I'm going to take Matthew Stafford – to cover right now he's uh or Derek Carr's plus 14.5 passing yards versus Matt Stafford I'm taking the Stafford side I I think Stafford's gonna um end up chucking the ball all around the yard uh against this Colts defense not that they're not good, but we saw what Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and crew were able to get accomplished with the Seahawks at Indianapolis. Um, the Rams are now coming into Indianapolis. Another tough test. Another tough test for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I expect the Rams to do much of the same that they did against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. So I'm taking Matt Stafford. I like it. That was one that I looked at real hard too. The one I ended up, that was tempting. (laughs) Yeah, it was real tempting. The one I ended up going with was Dak uh, throwing for 10 and a half more passing yards than Russell Wilson. Well, I think Russell Wilson will have a great day. I think Dak will have an even uh, better day. Cause I think that these, I think those Cowboys are going to have to throw the ball a lot to, uh, to win games. And I think they're on a mission to win games. So, uh, I'm going to take Dak more than 10 and a half passing yards than Russell Wilson. Uh, also kind of feeds into that narrative that I've got Zach, uh, Dak leading the league in passing yards this year and maybe setting the single season passing record. Who knows? We'll uh, we'll see how that plays out there. But if it does, I called the shot. So, uh, guys, any final thoughts here on any of the uh, props or any of the other topics we've talked about tonight? Um, I guess not on the props. I think there's some interesting ones on here, right? Um, Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert passing touchdowns. Um, I think that's a really interesting one. I think Herbert's going to come ahead on that one. If you're looking for a different quarterback V quarterback play. Um, but as far as week two, good luck on the waiver wire. Um, again, be patient, right? Be patient. Let some of these guys work it out. Week one is when the teams have the most time to prepare, right? The scouts, the scout squads and the coaching staffs have been preparing for week one really all off season long. So while you're excited to see some of these things happen, um, if your studs didn't hit in week one, don't panic yet. Um, I expect some bounce back weeks by a lot of these guys coming into week two. We'll reset the deck a little bit, kind of see where we're at. So, um, 
you know, uh, as always, let us know if you have any questions. We'll continue to help, obviously, throughout the show via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, you name it. And and Derek will get the question out to the group and we kind of have a quick consensus on it and we get back to you as fast as we can. Yeah, I think uh, we're setting up for uh, the nationally televised games. I think we're setting up for for some good ones Thursday. Uh, while it may not be great football, it should be competitive. It'll be a good defensive <laughs> between, matchup between those two. You're hoping for a good defensive matchup. I need to see some fireworks. Um, Chiefs Ravens <laughs> is going to be fun. Yes, uh, on Sunday night football, that that should be a, an entertaining one as well. But uh, I'll tell you, the one that I'm I'm most looking forward to is that Monday night game and listening to Peyton and Eli again. Chop it up. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, if you want to watch the game, DVR the Peyton and Eli and then go back and watch that one later. It is absolutely worth your time to listen to those two talk football with whoever they bring in. I'm excited just to see who they talk to this week. <laughs> Yeah, absolute, uh, absolutely looking forward to it. Guys, Kevin, hit it up. Uh, make sure that you're hopping onto all those socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at uh, uh, good old boys FF. We're bringing this show to you and the Friday show and the Sunday show live on Tuesday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, Friday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday mornings at 11.45 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and you can find us on uh, Twitter youtube and facebook do us a favor hop over onto the youtube channel good old boys fantasy football podcast youtube channel hit the subscribe button ring the bell make sure you're getting all the notifications for when we go live for kevin and alex i'm derek have a good one be safe